Bottles claimed, voices swearing, get names wrong, no one's caring. A terrible sight, they're rambling tonight, drinking now in Peggy's Wonderland. They don't need cakes or jelly, just some old Christmas telly. The party is set and we'll all regret drinking now in Peggy's Wonderland. In the studio, we'll build a sitcom and pretend that it stars Peggy Mouse. She'll say, is nobody drinking this one? And then she'll make more shots than we can count. On today's French Hens, that smock in a fucking hat steals a space shuttle and ruins everything for everybody. Well yes. done. Well done, Filmation. Yes. You've yes. invented the Wampa, the Emperor's Hologram, Transformers, yes. and Flash Gordon and the Hawkmen <laughs> mere years after they already existed. Who's that with the elephant head? With the extendable <laughs> He's in the, he's in the very first show when they're setting it up. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think he's literally just called Elephant Man. All right. Hello and welcome to the third, yes, the third Peggy Mount Calamity Hour Christmas special. I'm Dr. Velvet. I am Blackout. And we're here to discuss more Christmas telly. Yes, hello you. Thanks for joining us for our casual cultural critique of Christmas television, where Britain's best-loved battle axe is never far from our minds, because here, all roads lead to the mountain. If you're new to us, you can find info links for the programme we're discussing over at PeggyMountPod.com, as well as links to our socials and all of the places you can listen and subscribe. Before we hark the herald of any angels, I've got to ask, what are you drinking? I'm drinking port. Oh, good man. Yes, yes. Cockburns. It's my own fault. I said you close to the fire. But I'm drinking port. What about your good self, sir? I am on a bottle of Doom Bar. Hey ho, Doom Barus. It's a long time since I've had that. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not too shabby. I, th- I, th- I think it's what the kids are calling a session ale. At what percentage is that? It is four point three. I like something with a bit more strength. Something perhaps in a harness from Eternia. Yes, Masters of the Universe. It was a franchise developed by Mattel in the late 1970s as a means of selling toys after they'd had their fingers burned by originally turning down the Star Wars contract. To fully market this, an animated TV series was produced by Filmation in 1983, centering around the heroic but meek Prince Adam and his berserker alter ego He-Man, as he and his friends battle to save mystical Eternia from the clutches of the evil Skeletor. By 1985, however, everyone had worked out that even though the toys were effectively dolls, lasses didn't give a shit about He-Man. So Mattel and Filmation tweaked the idea to create She-Ra, Princess of Power. She's basically his twin sister, for the love of God. A new cartoon and line of toys duly followed, and in December of that year, networks across the globe aired 
He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special, which we have watched tonight. I'm not going to go into the plot here. Um, Orko goes to Earth, actual Earth, and kidnaps two children because it's Christmas. Over to you, Dr. Velvet. Um, <clears throat> I'm going back to our childhood here, Blackout. Yeah. You were you were king of Transformers, man. You, were, no. you, you See, yeah, I've I've got a bit here about this. Did you did you like He-Man? I didn't mind it. I, I didn't I didn't mind it. I had the toys and I used to watch the cartoons. But looking back now, all of that was just filling the void left by Star Wars. Oh yeah. Which ironically is precisely what Mattel had in mind, so well done there. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, fair play. The He Man toys will have hit the UK around about sort of like late eighty three, eighty four. A year later Transformers were in. And the He Man figures, when you look at them, sort of like with today's eyes, they're pretty fucking weird. So I'm just like, were these like absolute oddly proportioned bodybuilders wearing weird sort of fetish harnesses? And yeah, you know what I want? I want a robot that turns into a plane. Fantastic! There we go, bang. I get you totally. But what I will say is, the figures were a decent size. Do you know what? Do you know what I've still got from back in the day? Yeah. From back in the day, I've still got my Orco figure. Um, with all of the accoutrement, used to um put a little zip wire thing through his arse yeah yeah no, i remember it. the one yeah yeah i've still got all of that and he came with these magic discs and yeah. you can do like a magic trick I've, I've got all of them still with him speaking of which bit of trivia for you the first season of masters of the universe was due to end with the reveal that under orko's hood he actually had the face of skeletal it was the one that he used to have before he was a skeleton and all that time skeletal's just been trying to steal his face back but the idea was dropped during production because Mattel couldn't figure out how to incorporate a removable face into the toy line without denting the product sales, given that parents were the ones actually paying for these. It's true that. You can look it up. I think I'd better. Do you know why? Because that is absolutely beautiful. Uh-huh. That, that is absolutely beautiful. And, and brings me to a very good point. Right. So in this episode, we, we've, we've, I think this came, quite, this came quite late in He-Man's yeah, um, it was a couple of years in, yeah. canon. Yeah. They've spent years immersing us in this wonderful realm of escapism, mm-hmm. real life was away with it. And then they thought, actually, as a bit of a cash-in, let's just break that bubble, break that security, let real life in, all for the sake of a Christmas special, and start banging on about religion, because that smock in a fucking hat <laughs> steals a space shuttle... <laughs> And ruins everything for everybody. I nah. know. I know that I should hate Orko. I actually can't bring myself to expend that much energy on the little twat. He uses, I love Orko, though. He rocks up on Earth. He mm. uses just straight out of the shuttle. He uses magic to save two kids from an avalanche, which is either yeah. properly sound or he's interfering with nature's way. Now, given what a couple of mawkish little shits they were, I'm siding with the second one. <laughs> Yeah, and question, how many Orcos do they see every day? Because they're not phased no. by seeing him. <laughs> of course they're not. They couldn't give two fucks. There's a T-shirt and a hat floating in front of them with get big green, uh, blue blue ears sticking out the hat, talking away. It's like they're seeing every day on the way at the shops. It's basically, no. a floating dwarf in a pink smock has turned up and they've gone, this is normal. He's just saved our right. life. I think we're now in hell. Right. Except they then decide to sit him down and tell him about the meaning of, a cri- of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and we're now at the point as well, actually, in the programme's history, where Skeletor and his henchmen are pretty much a joke, a parody of their former selves. 
Skeletor induced fear into me in the first couple of seasons. Yeah. I was generally frightened. There was a dark edge to this, which I loved. By now, they've turned into the Three Stooges. Oh, yeah, nice. What's going on? Skeletor's in this with Hordak, who's basically... He-Man! The version He-Man! of... he <laughs> Hordak, who's basically the version of Skeletor from off of Shiva. They're basically just there flirting with each other. Now, yes, truth be told, I'd by this point in 85, I had lost interest in this franchise. Did Hordak always have chronic dyspepsia? Was he always burping in the middle of sentences? Is that normal? I'm sure that was a thing. I'm sure that was a thing. Yeah, okay. it was something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like an odd thing to throw in. <laughs> well, it really does. We get to She-Ra has to find some crystal that's lurking in a puddle. And she has to do in order to get this, she has to distract brace yourself for this, the beast monster. Uh-huh. The what? The 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 beast monster. Now, first of all, Filmation have lifted the face of the beast monster straight off the Mattel playset, so they couldn't be bothered to create a new monster for a start. But I think the problem here is for a fifty minute TV special, so it's like twice the length of a normal episode. There are far too many characters and subplots shoehorned into this. It's well, there are. fucking all over the place. It is. It I know is. there's a lot of boxes fair. to tick here, but really, less is more. Oh, Chira's got to get a jewel from out of the water, so then the monster comes out and she scares it out of the way, and then some robots come out of the ground, and then the robots, they turn into planes. What the fuck? Hang on, though. Are you referring to the monstroids? That's the one. I mean, they're on the same level as the Beast Monster. Yeah. Monstroids. We that, get... These are the type of names that the old lady at the end of your street comes up with when you're a kid, when they can't think of the proper terms. Well, let's... Oh, look at the... Like the big nasty man. Look at the Monstroid. <laughs> to go back to uh, earlier in our conversation, bear in mind these Monstroids come out mm. and they're big robots that turn into other things like vehicles and that. And I'm thinking, Don't they, though? And I'm like, this is 1985. I'm thinking, oh, by, not to get too far ahead, but by the end of this episode, I'm thinking, well yes. done. Well done, Filmation. Yes. You've yes. invented the Wumper, the Emperor's Hologram, Transformers, yes. and Flash Gordon and the Hawkmen. <laughs> Mere years after they already existed. That's right. That's right. No, I've got something similar in my notes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I, will say th- I will say this about the Monstroids and their design. They're disco robots. Look at the fucking metallic what, flares on it. But what this is meant to be is, I mean, She-Ra was always shoehorned in. It was always like a side project. Oh, yeah. We need something yeah, to sell yeah, the toys yeah. to the girls because they're not buying toys of He-Man because he looks weird. Yeah. And it's I yeah. was I had thought going into this episode that oh what's it like He Man he's going to rock up on Earth and it's going to be like a bit like Crocodile Dundee where he's going to be walking around New York and that not understanding that he can't just wave his sword around and stuff like that no 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 right. the kids basically no. just get brought straight back to Eternia so we see very little of Earth until like the very very end mm-hmm. so you're like well where's this story going then oh what what's Shira doing oh she's off over there having a separate adventure or something it mm-hmm. it's fucking crackers it's as crackers as that theme music ah what is going on we're all over the place on this but that's what the episode is so we are hang on a second hang on a second just 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 for because it because it is christmas let's uh, face it let's in fact here have another little drop of doom bar and let's listen to this i'm just gonna get me platforms on hang on So, yes, we enjoyed that. I will say, 
you you were asking just before the clip there, right? Yeah. Uh, what is happening with this? I'll tell you what's happening with this because the whole the whole part of it, Horde Prime decides that Goodwill and Christmas should be wiped out because he can't can't handle the niceness of it all. Uh-huh. This is a pantomime. This is Eternia's pantomime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh... I sort of don't mind it in principle. It's the practice of the whole thing I object to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this entire yeah. episode feels like a cheese dream if the cheese had been laced with ketamine and wambars. It's written by two guys called Don Heckman and Bob Forward. That's a couple of hastily chosen pseudonyms, if ever they existed. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it, though? <laughs> no one yes. willing to put their name on this. Mind you, you say that they'd kind of whitewashed out the religious aspect... Mm. Bear in mind, in the first five minutes, we find out that He-Man's birthday is basically Christmas. So He-Man is Jesus, that's what they said. Actually, uh, one thing I will mention, the transitions um, between scenes. Now and again, you, uh, during the normal cartoon, you would to cut to a different scene. There'd just be something yeah. that just went, yeah, sort of He-Man. Like a, a wipe or an iris, or, yeah, so, so yeah, like with a, a nice logo in wipe. there. Yeah, bit of a jingle. The Shira ones are intense, just like this. Fucking hell! That's uh, like a hammer in the face. Yep, that is like a hammer in the face. <laughs> Let's hear it again. I swear to God, zero fucking effort went into this. Just... Uh, that's like a kick in the bollocks. That though, it is. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, I think we just found our new Mr. T. Mr. T. I think we probably have. <laughs> um, yes, it becomes a little bit Dickensian, where Skeletor is essentially Scrooge. Mm. Saves the day. But then, meanwhile, back in Eternia, it's the party. Who's that with the elephant head? With the extendable <laughs> he's the, trunk? He's in the very first show when they're setting it up. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, th- I think he's literally just called Elephant Man. <laughs> Initially, <laughs> I think you're right. He's called Elephant but... or something like that. They're crap carrying names. We're going to get letters yeah. now. We're going to get letters. Tr- Trunko or some shit. Yeah. Um, bear in mind, He-Man, the He-Man universe had a character called Fisto. Let's not... Let's... Yes. Glaze over that. My final words on this are: when you, when you, we get back to Earth and the kids are returned to their parents, uh, the kids are called Alicia and Miguel. Um, their parents, um, what? What though? I what did. The I did sort of think uh, when Miguel's old man turns, I'm like, it's nice that you're putting like some sort of Hispanic characters in. It's a bit late now. We're two minutes from the end. What the fuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> also. What have they got him wearing? Fucking they hell. They never usually have to draw humans in human situations. Oh, God. <laughs> He-Man Christmas. Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, Christmas. That's all oh, dear, about. Oh, dear. Nah. No. I know a lot of people have a lot of sentiment for the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. That's all right. They've already stopped listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely they have. <laughs> oh, my God. So, let me ask you this. Blackout by the power of Pegmount. How many are you going to put on the line? It's a dismal two, I'm afraid. I would love to say that this should be better, but I'm not sure if that's true. The He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special is precisely as dreadful as it's supposed to be. It is fucking interminable. Fair, fair. I'm going to give it a four, and what the reason the I'm going to give it a four pardon? is because no, four. Tell you why. Tell you why. Hear me out. Hear me out. Because a, it's Christmas. B. I've decided that there is a chance that one afternoon I could get so drunk I enjoy this. So I'm leaving that option open. Yeah? But more importantly than all that, 
how many mm. steps would it take you to yodel up Eternia's tallest mountain? Let me tell you, five. Skeletor is voiced by Alan Oppenheimer, who was in the original Westworld movie with Yul Brynner, Ken, who was the king out of The King and I, which also starred Jeffrey Toon, who was in 1960's The Entertainer, which also starred Joan Plowright, also appearing in 1985's Revolution, with Jonathan Adams, who was in 1987's The Trial of Klaus Barbie. As was Eggie Ma. There might be vermin in your ermine. We got there in the end. I'm knackered. Fantastic. I am knackered. I'm going to have to sit on Castle Grayskull's drawbridge and <laughs> count how many times Orko was shit while you tell us just how many steps it's going to take you. You can watch me do it in four. <laughs> man is voiced by John Irwin, who starred as Teddy in the long-running western Rawhide next to Clint Eastwood, who threw on a cap for 1967's first annual All-Star Celebrity Softball game, commented upon by Jerry Lewis, who was the original nutty professor, of course, in the company of Del Moore, who rocked up in 1966's Rome Sweet Home with Peggy Mount. You've won! There we are. There we are. Lovely, lovely. Raise the drawbridge and we can sit and have a sherry with a sorceress. That was uh, the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Wrapping up like a present. The third episode of the Peggy Mount Christmas special. Yes, thanks once again for being with us. If you'd like to get in touch, you can drop us an email, peggymountpod at gmail.com or we are Peggy Pod on Twitter and Facebook. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Christmas special of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour. Until then, keep pegging! The Peggy Mount Calamity Hour is a free podcast from Michael Media which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr. Velvet. Audio segments from television programs are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit PeggyMountPod.com. Your Croft originals, huh? What odious? Might I inquire, sir, what is in these cases? Local off-license for selling off this bargain pale cream number. You mean you purchased this? It's frightfully cheap. Mind you, <laughs> when one tasted it, one could see why. Not a patch on the real thing. So I thought they'd make decent presents for the tradesman. Unwise, sir. A gentleman's reputation rests not only on the sherry that he drinks, but on the refinement of the sherry that he gives. So you think a case of that might not go down too well? It'll be as welcome, sir, I think, as a case of mumps. Craft original pale cream sherry. One instinctively knows when something is right. You are unwise to lower your defenses. There is no way of knowing when the dark side may rise up again. During the hours of darkness, the Empire could be refueling for the attack. Will the armored Sentinel transport vehicle be ready to retaliate before it's too late? Will the rebel force be strong enough to deal with the Imperial stormtroopers? Only you can decide with Star Wars toys.